Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Verse 14, on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua. Notice, he did it. God did that. He proved that he was with Joshua. And how happy those people must have been to know that God was still with them, that he hadn't left them. In spite of all their errors, in spite of their sin, in spite of their failure, in spite of Moses' failure. I mean, you think about it. If you didn't really know the character of God, you're thinking, boy, he has, any, he has every reason just to call it quits on us. How can I keep from singing? Today on Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible says, On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. Welcome to our Bible study for today. In this lesson, we see that the Israelites have finally entered the promised land, and with that comes a fulfillment of God's promises and blessings. God fulfilled the promise to Joshua by raising him as a great leader of Israel. Once everyone had crossed over on dry land, the Bible says the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. The manner and timing with which the Jordan returned to its natural flow shows that this event was supernaturally arranged by God. Let's join Pastor Rob for today's study. Truth with somebody you love. You have a sign, you have some kind of stones of remembrance, some kind of article that reminds you of something in the past, of of God's faithfulness. Do you have something like that? Something that reminds you of how God was faithful to you in the past? Something in your shelf? Some article that reminded you of back when you were just starting out and you didn't have any money. And you were wondering, how am I going to... Survive? How am I going to take care of myself? And then, and then to see God come through, and you, you hang on to that thing as a memento. I remember how scared I was at this time. But I got on my knees and I prayed, and I asked, I begged God to help me. And he gave me the job. He gave me the wife. <laughs> gave me the husband. He did that in Exodus chapter 12 in the Passover. I'd encourage you, to read Exodus 12, verses 24 through 27, because the same thing happened there. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service, by this this, this Passover killing of the lamb and all that stuff? And and, and that would be a way for them to tell their kids what that was all about and to instruct them. But the danger is, is all these things, you know, you can look also in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 17 through 22, but it, it talks about the statutes and the laws, and, and, and the kids would ask, what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? And this is a great time for people to tell people, you know, great parents for parents to talk to their kids. 
And see, when we're faithful to do that, all is well. The next generation gets built up. But notice what happens in Judges chapter 2. And I've said this before, and I'm not ashamed to say it again, because we live in a country, in a time in history, in our country, where this is so true. And I hope it shakes you a little bit, because it happened to the children of Israel. They had God had given them these things to, to remind them, and for them to tell their children, why, what, what's the deal with these 12 stones, Dad? Well, this is God's miracle of what he, what he did when he brought us over. And they can rehash the whole history of it, of God's faithfulness, right? And encourage their young folks to have courage in God, too. But what happens, what happened, actually, in the lives of the children of Israel? Well, we read it in Judges chapter 2. It says, When all that generation, Joshua and the elders that outlived him, when they had all died, it says in verse 10 in Judges chapter 2, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. And why? Because the parents didn't share with the kids. They, didn't, they weren't faithful in sharing with them the truth. See, that's why the, 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 the wonderful privilege that we have as parents is to share this with our kids. Share it with them. Read it to them, even if they don't like it. <laughs> you know, we're all human. You know, it's so easy to read when your child is really interested in the book that you're reading. Oh, can you read that to me again? And they, they're quick to run up into your lap, or they're, they're fine with laying on the couch and listening to you speak. You know, you read to them again the same book that you've read to them. But when you read the Bible, all of a sudden there's some resistance. When you read the Bible, there's some hesitancy. There's a battle going on for the heart and the mind of that child. And there's a battle in your own heart because you're thinking, why, why do I even bother? They don't even, they're not even listening. I'm reading the words, but I'm looking at their eyes, and they're just checked out. But parent, don't you give up. You continue to pray, and you just keep going through the motions of doing the right thing. Read the word to your kids. Pray with them. It doesn't have to be much every day. You could do all this in a half hour if you could. Every single day with your kids. At some point during the day, read to them. Start in a book of the Bible and read through the whole thing together as a family. 15, 20 minutes and then pray for 10 minutes and you're done. If we would just at least start there, start there, you'll find that as the more you do it, your kids are going to be like, you know what, I miss that. And as they get older, they're going to reflect on that time as being one of the best times in the family has ever had. They will. I've heard of it. There's a bond. There's a wonderful unity. And God is so in it. He's so in it. So take that step and do it. And do it. Verse 7, Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off from before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan, and the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel also, verse 8, did so, just as Joshua commanded. And they took up the twelve stones, notice, from the midst of the Jordan, while the priests are still standing there with their ankles probably dying, uh, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to, all the, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they carried them over with them to the place they lodged. The place they lodged, and they laid them down there. Now, what is the place they, where they lodged? We'll look up on the screen. You can see it right over here in Gilgal, right here, just uh, uh, northeast of Jericho. And this next picture is just kind of a zoomed-in uh, version of that. And you can see where they, so right just to the north and right to the east of Jericho that they were going to be conquering very soon in just a day or two, that's where they would be. 
They're going to camp there. And you can imagine Jericho seeing this huge mass of people. And they're already scared. And now here they come. And now they're just to the southeast of us. And they're thinking, man, we're going to get it. And the psychological warfare that must have been going on in those people's minds. Because they, they waited there. They, they got circumcised. We're going to see that. They waited until they were healed. And, and, then, and then after that, they got into the campaign. But there were a couple of days. They're wondering... They're wondering. So verse 9. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. So there they are. And so the priests, verse 10, who bore the Ark, stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the children or to the people. And according to all that Moses, notice, had commanded them, and the people hurried and crossed over. I would imagine so. I mean, wouldn't you hurry? You're just looking. I mean, every, you know what's happening, too. As they're crossing the stream, as they're crossing the Jordan, where are they, where are they looking? Are they looking straight forward? Probably not. They're probably stumbling over each other. Because maybe that's why it took so long, because they're looking. They're looking up there and just checking out, man, because this is unusual, <laughs> very unusual. And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over, that the ark of the Lord and the priest crossed over in the presence of the people. And verse 12, And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, remember, those are the ones who are content settling there on the east side of the Jordan. They crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoke to them. And that was the agreement that they had made with those tribes. If you're going to stay on this side, guys, the men of war are going to have to go over first. In front, and they're going to lead after the priests, and the, and the ark is way up there, about a quarter, or, you know, more than a half a mile ahead of us. You're going to go up ahead of us, and then the the rest of the people are going to follow, and they're going to fight, and they're going to get all the people settled, and then they can return back to their inheritance. So, about forty thousand, verse thirteen, prepared for war, crossed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. Verse fourteen, on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua. Notice, He did it. God did that. He proved that he was with Joshua. And how happy those people must have been to know that God was still with them, that he hadn't left them. In spite of all their errors, in spite of their sin, in spite of their failure, in spite of Moses' failure. I mean, you think about it. If you didn't really know the character of God, you're thinking, boy, he has, any, he has every reason just to call it quits on us. <laughs> but notice, God doesn't call it quits. Don't you think he knew in advance what was coming? the hearts of the people, the thing. He knew it all. You can't hide anything from God. And I, see, it's not, doesn't that just enamor you to him? Doesn't that just make you love him even more? It's like all my rascalness in my heart, God still loves me, and he knows how much of a rascal I'm going to be tomorrow and the day after, and yet he still loves me. He still loves you. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. And does he love you today? He certainly does. Let that be the place where you worship him. Let that be the place of knowing that in advance. He loves me in spite of me. Is there anything that you've done that's so wicked, so bad, that you're thinking, man, God is done with me? Think of all the mistakes they made in the desert. I mean, the golden calf, I mean, really? You know, they're naked and running around and drinking, and, you know, it's like a frat house there in the desert. <laughs> God and his mercy still comes through. But on that day, Joshua, 
the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. Remember the warning, though, in Judges chapter 2, verse 7, right? They feared him all the days of his life, but once he died, hmm, now the disciplinarian's no longer here. What can we get by with? Hey, remember those matches that we, that we hid? Remember those two bottles of booze that we hid from the old man? Let's get him out. He's dead. There's no one's going to bother us now. And the Lord's going, oh, there's one looking, watching you that you don't even, are not even aware of. Isn't that funny how we can be like that? We can think that somehow when the, when the, when the man that God puts before you is finally your leader, whoever that is, you know, when, he's, when he finally dies, now we can do what we want. All the things that we wanted to do while he was still here, now we can do it. That's what happened. That is human nature. That is the old nature. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua, verse 15, and verse 16, Command the priests who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. And Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come into the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet touched the dry land. It seems like a lot of redundancy here, but again, the Lord is rehearsing. He's telling them, you know, and then he's going into more detail here. When they touched the, they touched the dry land, that the waters of the Jordan returned, notice, to their place, after they had left, and overflowed all of its banks as before. This was indeed an, a miracle. And it's unfortunate that some liberal scholars will try to make the Red Sea crossing to be less miraculous by claiming that it was just uh, the Reed Sea, that it was just you know a little bit of water and they were able to cross over. No, then he did a greater miracle because he drowned a whole army of Egypt in that six inches of water. He did a greater miracle, didn't he? Either way, God gets glorified. But no, a heap of water. I would have loved to have seen it. And now, and it's even more pointed now, this miracle that he did before them, because think of it, during the evening when Moses put his rod out, they said the winds blew all night, and then in the morning they went through. But this was something different. This was even more dramatic because as soon as they put their foot in, the water started to abate, and the water started to just recede, you know, the, the water would continue going down and then there would be nothing. And they saw it right before their eyes and as soon as they walked out, it started to flow again. Whew, we made it. I would have loved to have been that last priest who was on the other side going out and as soon as his foot kind of dropped out like that, he's watching the water come down and goes, Dah. and then the water go back up again then come back up, and then come back up again, you know. See, I would have been the rascal that would have done that. And the Lord would go, oh. And then one of the angels would be like, Lord, can you just smoke that guy? Just put him out of his misery. Get one of the second string team to take his place, you know. It says, now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Notice, there's a time reference there, and it's there by design. And we're going to be done in just a few moments, so I apologize. The people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Why is that significant? And then it says, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. You see, God gave them great deliverance from Egypt, and on that very day they would cross over. He would show them that he was going to deliver them also from his enemies. So he delivered them from Pharaoh and the Red Sea. Now he's going to deliver them from their enemies as they would get into the promised land. And this event is significant because 
when, when we talk about the tenth day of the first month, there were a couple of things that happened. Number one, first, this was the 40th anniversary, this very single day that they crossed over. Is that a coincidence? I'm sure it is. It's just a coincidence. You know, God waited for the, the three spies to come back, and he's looking at his watch going, man, they better hurry up because the tenth day, it's going to ruin the whole type. You gotta, guys got to get here. He wasn't worried. God had everything planned in advance. He knew exactly what was going to happen. But what happened on this same day, on the first month of the 10th day? It was the 40th anniversary to the day of the Passover. You can read about it in Exodus chapter 12. What does it say? It says, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of saying, on the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a house for a lamb, a lamb for a household. It was the very anniversary of God's deliverance out of Egypt. Forty years later, now they're going, they're crossing. The foot crosses the, the thing, and the, the priest is done. The water comes. It was the tenth day of that first month when they did that. And it's also reminiscent too of the of the Red Sea crossing, which was another miracle. All these things aligned up. Do you think God had it all planned out in advance? He certainly did. He knew what he was doing, and it was more significant. So, and those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. And then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask your fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. There's, there's the instruction to the younger generation, right? There it is. That's what we should be doing. There's a lesson for us there. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea where he dried up before us until we had crossed over. And notice verse 24, the last verse, that all the peoples of the earth, just the Jews? Is he just the Jewish God? Or it says the Lord of the whole earth. We saw that in verse 11 and verse 13. He closes the chapter up, says all the, that all the peoples of the earth, of the earth, that they may know the hand of Jehovah, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. You're forever. And, and to me, that is the, the instruction, the encouragement for us tonight. Again, instruct your kids. You know, sometimes with my daughter, I'll, I'll remind her of how we got into our house. A miraculous thing happened there. I don't have time to tell you, but it was one of those things where we really saw the house, we really liked it, and the Lord spoke to me. I remember one morning, he spoke to me so clearly. Kathy showed me a picture. She printed it off the Internet, and I looked at the house. We had a bunch of different houses we were looking at, and I looked at this one picture, and I said, that's the one. I just knew it. I can't explain it to you. And then we go to go to the viewing of the house, and we go through the thing, and our, our, our buyer's agent calls us and says, you know what, you guys made an offer, but the, the buyer's, you know, already let somebody else take it, right? So I'm thinking to myself, Lord, you know, I really believed you did that. And so I was just kind of puzzled. And about 11 o'clock that night, our agent calls us back up again and says, guess what? <laughs> The people who they accepted the offer from had a contingency. You guys have no contingencies. You got the place. And it was just that I mean, there were a lot of other things in between that just the Lord confirming that this was it, right? And then when that happened, I was like, well, I must be insane then. But, Lord, maybe I am. 
but I trust you, whatever you want to do. And then he does it. And, and that, that's good for my, my daughter to know because she's going to encounter situations like that too. You know, where all odds seem to be against you. And it's not over until it's over. It's not over until it's over. Trust the Lord. And be teachable. And let him guide you. Let him lead you. And teach your kids. Tell them everything about. Tell them the struggles that you had as you were going through your journey. Tell them of all these things. Tell them, tell them, tell them. Leave nothing out. And as they get older, tell them the, the deeper things. Write them down now. I remember one time when, when uh, the Lord spoke to me about my wife. And, I, and I'm sorry I'm bringing up my own things here, but, but it just, I don't know your thing or else I'd share that. But, um, but he, um, he spoke to me one day. He said, she's, she's the one, Rob. I met her in a Bible study near Eastman School of Music, and the Lord spoke to my heart. So I started praying, and she wanted nothing to do with me. Seriously, she wanted nothing to do with me. I was just a friend, and I made a fool of myself more than once, several times, in fact. The Lord told me. And there came a point where I was striving and finally had to come to the conclusion, you know what, Lord, I, I, I just don't know. I mean, how can you make someone love you? You can't. I tried. Flowers. You know, I bought her the Lexus, you know, and the cell phone and the, and the gold rings. And, no, I didn't, have, I didn't have any money. No, you try to woo her, right? You try to win her heart, right? But I couldn't do it. Didn't have it within me. So finally, I just give up. I didn't really give up, but I just kept praying. And I'm like, Lord, if, if she's the one, then remove her from my heart. You can do that. So I continued to pray, and it just got stronger and stronger. And I'm like, man, you're really cruel. You're either really cruel or I'm just, I'm, I'm wishful thinking. And so you lay that on the altar. You do. You lay it on the altar in tears. You say, Lord, I don't get it. And the Lord speaks to her. In a moment, everything changes. It's true. It was May 19th, I believe it was, 1996. It was a Sunday evening. And the Lord spoke to Kathy, clear as day. And up until that point, she avoided me. I, I like to sit, we were on the worship team together, and I would like to sit right next to her, and I was loving life. Because I got to sing with her, I got to sit next to her, I'm thinking, man, the next thing is the altar. But once she knew my intentions, she sat over there, and I sat all by my onesie over here. And she wouldn't come near me at all. And probably a good thing. She didn't want to bait me. She wanted me to give me a false sense of hope, right? And I'm, I'm really glad for that, actually. But that night, May 19th, 1996, the Lord spoke to her. In the very that service, that 6 p.m. service, I sat over there, actually. And she sat right next to me. She sat right next to me on the same, I mean, practically the chair right next to me. And I thought to myself, now you're really cruel, you know, playing mind games with me, right? I'm like, Lord, you played games with me. Now she is. I might as well just run out in front of a truck. But then afterwards, we go for a walk, and she tells me what the Lord told her. Six months later, we're married. It took us six months to plan a wedding. We could have done it sooner than that. But, you know, you think about that. I mean, that's just so cool when the Lord speaks to you, and he's done it in your life, too. You can trust him. 
You can trust him. But teach when he speaks to you. Have those times of remembrance, those history of your life. Share that with your kids. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Joshua. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.